Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 758 with a review of Lisa Frankenstein. I'm Christopher Schneise. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, we're returning to theaters uh, for the latest Diablo Cody film. Um, we're talking about Lisa Frankenstein. Now, Stephen, you know, just from the trailer to this film, right, it seems like it might not be something that would be like that much of a draw um you know it's it's like something that like i was kind of surprised that uh alamo was like taking as their flagship thing um jamie had an event that she was going to um on friday so i was like oh perfect friday is the day that i will go and i'll 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 knock out lisa frankenstein get it out of the way and uh they were doing like an 80s dress up like i couldn't book the time slot i wanted because it was specifically a special 80s dress up uh, Does that mean it was this. full, or you just didn't want to do an '80s dress up? Uh, I, a combination of all of them. Like I couldn't book it with my Alamo season pass um, because mm. it was like a special event or something like that, and it was like the, it was just it was weird. It, I, I was kind of like, huh? They're taking like a prime time Friday slot in yeah. the main theater to do a big special event for this film that I just thought was like, oh, a little old film that's going to be playing for fun. I, I mean, we are in the doldrums of January, early February, right? Where everyone is kind of grasping at what are they going to do? Like they're trying to get a lot of juice out of Oscar movies, just kind of like reviving them or keeping them around. But I I get wanting to have something new to show off. I was also surprised it was this one, honestly, until... I saw like from the twisted mind of Diablo Cody or however they brand it. And then I was like, okay, you've got a hook at least. You've got a writer that everyone knows about that'll hopefully draw them to the theater. Yeah, but it seems like most of the draw was coming from because it seems like a a very niche sort of playful, fun type film. It doesn't seem like it's like something that's necessarily gonna like land huge. It's specifically the writer that is drawing people to see it. At least that's kind of the impression I was getting because I was I was just kind of surprised by it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wonder if there is a draw that um I'm sure I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Cole Sprouse, one of the Sprouse twins, who I think is a big kind of like Gen Z people know them from the Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Um, I wonder <laughs> if him playing against type is like another thing they were calculating that they might get like the Zoomers to come out. I, I don't I don't want to spoil anything about this movie, Stephen, but I did not recognize him until all the way at the last shot of the film. <laughs> oh. So, oh, well, you didn't see that Alamo, right? Because before the oh. movie, they did the classic Alamo, like, no talking thing. And they had him and the lead actress basically doing a bit together, you know, where the, she pretended that he didn't talk to her for the entire duration of the movie and you should be like him. So anyway, mm. I had seen him right before and that primed me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up not going to Alamo, and I went to just, you know, the local Regal, which uh, was completely wow. empty. How about you, Stephen? <laughs> uh, yeah, Alamo was empty, too. Though, I swear when I booked it, it was not empty. I mean, it wasn't fully empty, but it was the main theater I was in, which seats, gosh, I'm bad at estimating. Do you think 200? Like, how big do you think that auditorium is? I I, I was always bad at the guessing game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say it's like 
300, 250. That's going to be my guess of how many seats are in there. And there were maybe 11 people in the theater yeah, <laughs> other yeah. than me. Um, way more had been booked, I recall, but the Super Bowl went into overtime and my screening was 8 p.m., a.k.a. five minutes after the Super Bowl ended. <laughs> so I have a feeling they lost a lot of customers just by virtue of people yeah. who were like still watching the game and thought they would have like 45 minutes to get over there. You lost a lot of customers being washed away by the tears of the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by lost a lot of customers, I mean got a lot of money for not having to do anything for them. So honestly, yeah. Alamo probably made it out okay. Well, I mean, I assume they rely a lot on the food and beverages that are yeah. purchased during the film. So, you know, who, who I, knows, I eat enough for everybody. <laughs> I bet you did at the screening. I wasn't I wasn't even drinking, but I still order the non-alcoholic IPAs there just to have the uh, have the sensation. So I'm throwing <laughs> money down the toilet. So it's a last... can that I own in my like in my refrigerator. <laughs> I have that exact can and they charge me seven dollars for it at Alamo. And I still do it all the time. You could have just snuck it in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, no one would have known. All right. One last question. Given they had a big old 80s movie party set up for this film, when you were there, was there a special menu that included like worms or something that looked like graveyard food? <laughs> if there was, I didn't notice it on the menu. They didn't have like one of those inserts that they gave you or anything like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Well... <laughs> Steven, you ready to get into this film? Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's let let's sit in our tanning beds, crank it up to uh Max Bronze or whatever it was called, and mm -hmm. uh play the trailer for this film. And then once that timer dings, let's come back and give everybody a review of Lisa Frankenstein. Are you hot burning? Lisa! Does he have more of a basketball bod or a football bod? He doesn't play sports. I tend to his grave. I talk to him. I wish I was with you. That's really weird, Lisa. You hear that? I'm sure it's the girl next door. She's very odd. Hmm. Your hand? I can't believe you're here. Do you like music? I have the cure. Ooh. Oh, not that kind of cure. They can't make you better. I mean, they can, but like emotionally. Okay. No, don't cry. <gasps> Your tears smell so bad. Send it back. You need a friend. No? I love it. It's not really my style. When you're in doubt, Lisa looks good. She could probably even do pageants if she had congeniality. Your daughter is a little psycho. I owe my glorious home to an ungrateful little. I want to help you, but Taffy says it's a waste of time to try and fix a boy. It's better just accept a guy's flaws. Oh, that's so cute. Idea. There are bad people out there. Come on, Lisa. It'll feel good. That hand is gonna do terrible things. You are being admitted. Inpatient. Lockdown. I 
could get the clink for life or the electric chair, but I don't want to die a virgin. You know anything about the disappearance of a student? I'm not making any more comments. You can talk to my lawyer. Really hope this goth phase ends soon. All righty. So that was the trailer for Lisa Frankenstein. Um, it is basically the story of this young woman um, who spends, you know, most of her time hanging out in this old graveyard, attending uh, to the gravestone of this guy who died a long time ago and died unmarried. And she dreams about a life of whatever. And uh, one day a freak storm uh, ends up waking this guy who is in this grave. And she <laughs> befriends him and sort of does high school shenanigans with him um, and uh, slowly tries to uh, bring him back closer to being alive again. Uh, sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Stephen Miller, sure. what did you think of Lisa Frankenstein? Yeah, so I thought the idea was actually really funny. I didn't get a good sense of it from the trailer. They kind of show a lot of the craziness from the trailer up front, so you don't really know what kind of story or what kind of movie you're going to be watching. Um, I think they build it well with the growth of like Lisa Swallows as this kind of burgeoning goth kid who doesn't fit in. And then she learns how to, you know, find her groove. And her groove is basically being a classics goth girl who, you know, is super into old poetry and old things and has that kind of throwback aesthetic. And like, I thought that was fun. And on paper, I 100% get why this thing would be great. Like, I can get why Diablo Cody would shop this around and people would be like, hell yeah, this is clever. It is dense with jokes. It's over the top. It's doing an 80s throwback thing. Let's do it. Um, on the screen, though, this movie is pretty dull, <laughs> at least to me. <laughs> you texted me before the screening saying something like, this is a movie that really wants to be seen in a cheering crowd or in a laughing crowd. Um, and I 100% understood what you mean while I watched that movie because it, it has so many moments of awkward silence, like drawn out kind of cringe things that make all the sense in the world if you think the audience is going to fill in the soundtrack with their own hooting and hollering, right? Like yeah. really milking it, squeezing it for laughs. But when you're in a quiet crowd, like I had one guy who was laughing a lot and like, thank God for him because he, <laughs> he at least filled some of the void. But man, the pacing of this movie, something about the edit or the way they put it together, it really does not move with the kind of energy that you would expect for a comedy like this yeah. um it doesn't help that one half of the main cast are totally silent right so we have you know lisa swallows um who Catherine newton who's basically holding the whole movie together on her own while she acts alongside someone who can't talk and i mean we've seen swiss army man like we know that that can be done you know it's possible he talks but not like you know not a ton yeah. But this time around, it just means there's a lot of belabored silence and even things that I thought were pretty well acted and very funny. Like there's a stepmother character who is totally over the top, feels like she would come from like a, a Tim Burton movie or something like that as this kind of slightly deranged, full of herself uh, psych nurse who is watching over her. 
she is doing her damnedest to be like over the top and funny in a comedic sort of way. But the way the movie plays it, it is still long, drawn out silence. There's no reaction to the comedy, right? It, it's just silence. Um, yeah. Either that or then it's turning out its soundtrack, which has bangers, you know, can't fight this feeling anymore or the the promise, which was playing in the trailer. But even with those, they feel like it just doesn't have the kind of pump up needle drop or anything that you would expect. So I don't know. I felt I felt confused by it. I like I admired how much it stuck to its convictions of being dark and weird. And I think by the end, it gets a lot better than where it was for most of it. Like, I actually pretty enjoyed the conclusion. I think it goes out with a bang. But man, there's a lot of dead air in this movie. <laughs> and I did not know what to do with all the dead air. How about you? Yeah, I I thought this film was pretty rough, Stephen. <laughs> um, even your paraphrasing of the thing that I text you, it, you 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 made that way nicer. <laughs> I think you were nice because you didn't want to bias me in any yeah, direction. Right, yeah. But but I mean, like even like basically, you were talking about how like there's no one in that film, and I said, well, that's unfortunate because this thing's written to not not for an audience of 10 people it's written for like a yes. room full of people like so it it and i and i can't i honestly can't tell if if this was like if i would have gone to that screening on friday night with people dressing right. up and people really really vibing it could i have vibed with this film maybe but i think the problem is that it, it's film is just not a christopher film its yeah. own story is not logically consistent it is doing things that are mostly for jokes like there is a whole backstory for why Lisa is the quote way she is a mm -mm. she's not really like that the way people describe her we don't see any of that and sure that's her past backstory so maybe maybe she, you know maybe she's not somebody who doesn't not talk anymore <laughs> but like yeah. this is a film where it's like she's almost talking to us a little bit mm -hmm. like she's talking to herself but it's really sort of wink and nod at the audience a little bit where she's kind of like narrating her whole life and talking about all this stuff and just talks way way too much um mm. but in this backstory there is a like a tragedy that has happened yeah. to her family you, you think you're gonna get a scream type ending and it's so <laughs> obvious who it would be and why and it doesn't happen <laughs> but like but like it's she's supposedly traumatized by this event where somebody died and the killer was never caught and nobody knows what happened <laughs> so how is that not brought back into the story in any way whatsoever i'm not saying that like the whole time i was waiting for like who's it gonna be who's it gonna be but the fact that like it's it's almost a it, it is literally a joke her backstory is a joke but the joke yeah. is a tragedy and the joke is just how wild it is that that happened to somebody but then mm -hmm. w their way they return to that joke is to have her do things in her own house and then blame it on that type of situation and then have people not hmm. actually believe her because it seems unplausible that a weird thing yeah, would happen yeah. to somebody twice. And I feel like the film is, I feel like no individual scene of this film is cares about the scene that came before it or after it. It's mm -hmm. just, hey, we're going to have a situation like where this girl, Lisa, is in love with an undead person, which she isn't even for the entire film. So like that, that's like a weird, like this is a person who's like, yeah. oh my God, I just wish this dead guy who died a million years ago 
could be alive and be with me. Then he's alive. And she's like, hey, how would you help me fuck this other guy? <laughs> and it just, it feels... Doesn't like, she say, I wish I could be with you? I feel like that's the plot point in the movie. She does say that, but that's the only joke I actually liked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I won't spoil because, like, there's so few jokes that actually amount to anything in this film that I, okay. I actually kind of enjoyed that one. Um, but to me, it just feels like this is a character who wants things... The things are theoretically given to her, but she doesn't actually want those things. The film just wants her to say that she wants those things and then mm-hmm. take an entire movie to come around to like, oh, wait, you mean if I dream for this weird dead guy from another time and then I get this weird dead guy from another time, maybe he should be the guy that I care about right now. And I think that mm-hmm. like there was just something weird about like the fact that these characters don't actually care about progressing their own story. It's just like, hey, now we're into this thing where body parts can be sewn onto this Frankenstein monster and then we'll like repeatedly shock him. Even though, Steven, I get that like shocks animate dead things. Right. But also whenever they're adding an extra piece of dead thing and then shocking him, he also gets more young and vibrant. Couldn't they mm-hmm. just repeatedly shock him until he was fully alive? <laughs> like, I, I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be very, very logical. <laughs> also, Steven... Let's say you were an undead creature of some sort and Mm. I was going around maybe having minor tragedies happen to other people so that I could sew body parts onto you, right? Mm. Let's pretend that one of the body parts I sewed onto you had a very specific thing about it that tied it to the person it came from. And it's a thing that doesn't necessarily belong to you aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Would you keep that thing on it? Uh, <laughs> like, like this isn't what it is, but let's say that, like, I cut off somebody's arm and it had, like, a watch on it that's, like, a very specific watch that had, like, their initials on it. <laughs> right. And I sewed that that hand onto your arm. Don't you think I'd just get rid of the watch? Why keep the watch that identifies... I mean, what if, what if it's the 80s and having your watch pierced is a cool thing for dudes to do? <laughs> I just like that. I get it. Everything is teeing up a joke rather than having any kind of internal logic to why yeah. they do what they it, do. It, it just feels, and, and then like the jokes don't don't land at all, and they feel they feel like a little bit they feel like a little bit ChatGPT. Mm. They were like, I'm not disagreeing with you on anything except I thought I could see the funniness of the movie maybe a little bit more than you, even though I think the pacing killed a lot of its laugh lines and one example where i think the the volume or pacing of this movie just totally fumbles is there is a a musical moment where they're singing along to can't fight this feeling anymore by ario speedwagon and it is like in any movie it would be a kind of triumphant thing where the soundtrack swells and it becomes like a kind of big song and it's a way of unleashing the you know the emotion of the characters in this movie Lisa is singing along in a kind of like whispery half talk, half sing in a way. It's like it's trying to not be catchy or anything that people would vibe with. Like it feels like it's trying very hard to do that in a way that is probably intentional, but makes it not a fun thing to sit through. So so I I thought I also thought that scene was weird, but it felt to me like she started off actually singing and then turned it into like a ironic singing, um, Mm -hmm. which 
once again undercuts the the usual like swell of emotion that you're supposed to get but then the character who's playing the piano gets the swell of emotion cries and then it turns into another joke about how his tears are stinky and it just feels like this Mm -hmm. film was like i don't know i like the stinky tears those those i vibed with every time they happened i also enjoyed a scene with i'm gonna say it was yogurt or (laughs) a fruit cup (laughs) steven I have one more question. Yeah. If his tears are stinky. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Just But it's not his. I know what you're saying. <laughs> the stuff that creates that is not his. I assume once you That's fresh. <laughs> I assume once you sew it on and you zap him a little bit that all the piping gets connected. <laughs> I look, I don't know how it works. Um but I think those are fresh. Those are those are just like like six hours old. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the joke we were alluding to, which we don't need to say, I thought the execution was still pretty funny, but it is so obviously signposted like to anyone who knows how comedies work yeah. for so long in advance. And then even after it happens, there's another really long drawn out moment before we get the fulfillment yep, of the character doesn't realize the joke. <laughs> yeah. And that I don't get, cause it was so obvious to, like everyone knows what's going to happen before you even show it. Right. It's just so clear that that is what the movie is going to do. And the drawn outness, I don't know if that is the movie, again, trying to be intentionally awkward and look at this dumb thing we made, or if it is just like misunderstanding comedic timing. I'm not sure because it, it confuses me. But for some reason, I guess, so I'll say what I liked about the movie, because I do think predominantly I'm negative on it. You are definitely also negative on it. Yeah. Um, I like that the movie was willing to be unpleasant and rough like the descent the characters go through you know there are comparisons like heathers for instance um the descent is so quick and happy and completely unremorseful for anything that they do like the quick cut from person number one to person number two is just like i don't give a fuck you know this movie is completely happy to have its protagonist just be evil and not care and that i liked like i was actually vibing with that and i was hoping the movie would keep upping the stakes at that point and like make it worse and worse and worse while seeming sweet and syrupy and i thought that combination would be really funny but then i don't want to criticize the movie for being too short because i don't think it is but like it would need more movie after that to have that kind of build up that i think it was doing and it didn't do it it just had like one or two of those moments and then ended so I, i don't know but i liked the I won't say offensiveness, because I don't think this movie is like taking risks in terms of people being against it on a moral level, but it is very happy to have totally immoral, evil characters and not give them any redemption. (laughs) And I think there's something fun about that. That is probably what Diablo Cody was going for at the beginning. And I think that I would have enjoyed it more if it was actually going there, right? Mm -hmm. If it wasn't actually couched and this is all playful and fun but they actually become this like weird serial killer couple that is actually just like enjoying murdering people. But like the fact that like everyone that gets murdered goes into the same hole 
which is already yeah. a crime scene. <laughs> and yep. like, okay, that, that's the second joke that I actually liked involving a police officer in the grave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but the, like, it just feels like this film, there is like, I know that this is supposed to be the sort of like a hyper real fantasy world, but it doesn't even attempt to really like it's one. it's one like, I want a film where in a weird, creepy way, I'm rooting for these two characters and I'm worried that they're going to get caught. Um, but like, this isn't about people who are getting away with it and then eventually get caught. Like the entire time, there's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's it's nothing, not even like, <laughs> there's no getting away with anything. <laughs> yeah, there's, they're not, there's not even an attempt to make sure the characters could get away scot-free. They, they're, mm. they're saying it to themselves like, well, guess I got to go fuck this guy because I'm probably going to be in jail soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's just i i i didn't get the the commitment to the attempted humor versus the commitment to actually trying to tell a story that made any coherent sense um mm-hmm. and i think that for me that's why that like i could put up with a lot especially if i don't think the film is trying to do anything very deep like, I'm like oh yeah that was kind yeah. of fun and silly but i i was i i, I found this film quite tedious um, mm-hmm. and there are moments of me enjoying it, you know, here and there. And I think some of the characters are like, they know what movie they're in. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I just, it feels like no characters written within the context of other characters. Like even, even in the trailer, there's that scene where that cop's like, oh, I sure hope this goth phase ends soon. Who, yeah. that fucking cop doesn't know her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think she means in the whole world, like probably goth had just started in the late 80s. And the joke is that it was going to continue forever, basically. Maybe. But as far as I can tell from this film, the only two goth people are in that room right then. Also, right. the idea of Lisa sitting in a chair next to a woman, it looks like she's copying the outfit of. And mm-hmm. them being like, there's somebody that matches your description was found near this thing. And it's like, maybe the person who told on me who looks just like I do right now is the person and like the character is not even smart enough to go like wait that description sounds exactly like her but it's it's it's, i don't know right i mean she doesn't care it's like a nihilistic movie all she cares about is you know her passion her love whatever and the world doesn't matter at all and so she's just floating through it she's not doing anything she's not trying to get away with it and all the smart things you lay out are not what she does people go in the same grave (laughs) you know it's (laughs) It's a very minimal way of trying to hide things. I guess something I liked is occasionally this felt like a live action cartoon. And I don't know how to explain it, except that it had this like over the top antics by Lisa and the corpse, especially when they're trying to hide in a closet or cover up a stain from someone or do all the stuff that it there like i don't think the comedy a hundred percent clicked because there was still the awkward silence but i liked the zaniness of it there, there was something that i found kind of endearing yeah. but this is all like damning with faint praise because i do not think this was a particularly good movie yeah <sighs> speaking of silence <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold on let me do the rest of the podcast as the corpse huh? mm-hmm. hmm. oh Mm. Yeah. That's my my review. Weird of the movie. Film. <laughs> um, so I, I'll, I'll tell you my comparison for this. That was probably about this time last year, maybe a little later. Uh, is Renfield, and okay. I did like this a bit more <laughs> that, than I liked Renfield. That's 
that's kind of hilarious because my comparison to this is Warm Bodies, who stars the Ooh. same guy, except for yep. I think Warm Bodies is great. <laughs> so yeah, so yours is a contrast. <laughs> yeah, mine is more like a this is in that category where I think it had a funny idea. I think some people commit to it, but I think tonally it just kind of screws the pooch. It's like, but Renfield was big and bombastic. I just didn't find it funny at all. This is like, it's like aiming for the bleachers, I think is the expression. It's, it's like shooting for like big, yeah. huge, ha-ha-ha spectacle so confidently that it's willing to have dead air. It's like a comedian who pauses after a joke and then no one's laughing. <laughs> like this is doing that. And that is very uncomfortable. I don't know in headphones if I would still feel that or if I'm more like attuned to awkward silence in headphones. Uh, I, I don't know. And I'll never know because there's no way I'm watching this the second time. Yeah, I mean, this this is the this is the type of film where like if I had watched it at home streaming with headphones on, that every once in a while like Jamie might have heard me go like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> and then she would be like, oh, how was that movie? It sounded like maybe you liked it. <laughs> yeah. So okay, here's the big question. At least for me, when I come back from seeing a movie, Joanna always asks, "How was the movie?" And I always give an answer. What is your answer when Jamie asked how you felt about this movie? Or did she not ask? <laughs> I, I thought, no, she asked and I said, it was really awful. <laughs> mm, mm, okay. I said it was awkward and weird and I think they didn't know what to do. Like, like I, I was a little more nice to it, but still, still negative. Yeah, it's and the premise is like plenty good. The premise is like it should have been enough to hold its own, right? Like it should have been able to just glide through on the premise. But I think it feels like it forgets the premise a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I just didn't get it, Stephen. Yeah, it really doesn't do any of the kind of weekend of Bernie's type stuff that you think it's going to do. It has very few jokes leaning on the fact that there is a corpse with her. Uh, it, it, the corpse just kind of becomes like the uh, ducky in Pretty in Pink or something, right? It just becomes like the friend that's helping her that she realizes in the end that she should be in love with instead. Which now I think I just derived the idea that Diablo Cody started with. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's what this movie's doing. It, it may, maybe maybe it's actually like genius. And the reason why there's all the dead air is it's trying to actually be in the style of like these 80s movies where like mm -hmm. it's 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 so much a throwback that it's not just like, hey, we'll do it in this look and feel, but it's also like the acting will be stilted. <laughs> yeah. And all these jokes will be super cheesy uh, and uh, we'll call it a day. Well, all I'll say is God bless the one guy in like the fourth row who loudly laughed at all the jokes. It definitely, it helped my experience at least a little bit. It, it sounds like Spence grew up, got a little bit more mature. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I think he, um, you know, he he's California sober, but he's like moderate on it. Like, I don't think he smokes too much anymore. So now he just laughs at an appropriate level rather than way too much. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I gotta go sew a body part back on. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you want to get to our verdicts for this film? Let's do it. All right, Stephen Miller. If you were going to give this a must see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? I had to look up our Renfield review to make sure I'm consistent, 
and I'm calling it a pass with a caveat uh, because I did like this a little bit more than that. I do think the writing is pretty funny. I think it has some good jokes on paper, and I think mostly the cast commits to the bit. I just think the movie is totally screwed up in the tone, in the pacing, in the edit. I think everything that makes a movie a movie is working against the good things that this has. Uh, so I I can't say it was successful at all, but I do think it has some funny raw materials and that I, I can't give it a complete must avoid for that reason. Yeah. Do, do, are they still raw if the materials have been struck by lightning and then shocked? In a like, that's a good point. Yeah, a it's, it's got a... Uh, thrice baked uh, <laughs> material or two that's still funny. Mmm, crispy. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, it's gonna maybe be a must avoid for me. <laughs> sure, shocker there. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, hey, maybe that shocker will uh bring it back to life for you. Um, sure. But yeah, I'm done beating these dead puns with the. <laughs> I'm clearly not done. Yeah, we got to shock those puns back to back to life. All right. Super Miller, I think we're done with this episode. If people want to mm -hmm. find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at sdavidmiller.com or sdavidmiller on threads, blue sky, Instagram, X, pretty much anywhere social media is found. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or uh, Christopher IRL on a number of different places when I decide to use them. Um, you can find the podcast over at spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, that music is playing... We're going to take off um, and we're going to go uh, plan and think about what's coming out next week. <laughs> yep. Take care, everyone. See you then. Bye. Bye. Oh, won't you be my